politics, pop culture, and a whole bunch of other things that start with the letter P. The Mark Harvard Podcast. Who knew that optimism could sound so sarcastic? Hey, 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 how you doing? My name is Mark and this is the Mark Harvard Podcast. Welcome into the show. Hope you had a fantastic week. Uh, Mine was good. My little boy's baseball team, his little league team, uh, won both their games. Somehow they keep tripping and falling into these victories. I don't know. At one point I looked up my little boy, Jack. He's 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 crouched down back to the plate. His glove is off. His hat is off. And I'm just praying that there's not a ground ball headed for him that's going to hit him in the back and paralyze him at this point. Uh, somehow, though, you know, he, he he got a hit. He he made it all the way around and, and scored and his team won again tonight. I, I don't know what leads to that. I just, I don't know. <laughs> Don't forget, we'd love to hear what you've got to say about any of the things that we talk about here on the show. The number is 251-616-2058. Give us a call and let us know. Also, you can follow us on social media and leave all your your comments right there on the Facebook page. We've got an Instagram account that's quite active. Go check us out there. And uh, you can also find us online at markharvardcreative.com. Dot com. Don't forget, no matter what platform you're listening to the podcast on, that uh, we're everywhere. You're not tied to just that one platform. In, in fact, I'm going to tell you in a little bit why you should follow us uh, on Podbean. There's a little extra premium thing this week with Podbean. So go ahead and download Podbean when you get a chance and uh, set up an account and follow the Mark Harvard podcast there because something super cool is going to happen this weekend. So uh, I'll give you all the details on that in just a little bit. Speaking of super cool, this just came out and I am uh, I'm pretty excited about this. Now, the Alabama legislature, they actually, um, they're in session right now as of this recording, and uh, there are a few things that are kind of in limbo right now. They've just, you know, I'm, I'm recording this on a Thursday evening, Friday morning. Um, they've just approved the uh, the bill that would uh, legalize medicinal marijuana in the, in, the, in the House. It's going to the Senate, and, you know, we'll see what happens there. And there's also a gambling bill. That's being batted around. I'm not sure what it's going to happen there. But let me tell you, there's something else that has has made it through. It's not getting as much press. But I am over. This is the of, of those three. This is the one that will affect my life the most. Alabama lawmakers have voted 93 to one to adopt permanent daylight savings time. I know, right? No more time changes? Hello, we're on board. The thing is, now they don't have the actual authority to put this into place. What they actually adopted was a measure that would allow them to make daylight savings time year-round if Congress approves it. That way, if it goes to the National Congress and they approve daylight you know, year-round daylight savings time, Alabama is already on board. We don't have to do anything later on to kind of catch up. We are good to go. You tell us when we're on board. So, yeah. <laughs> Supporters say that the permanent time shift is going to be good for the economy because longer days would mean the potential for people to be out shopping for longer hours or or businesses to stay open longer. And uh, this is a quote from Representative Given, who is a, who is a Democrat uh, out of Birmingham. Anytime you give people a little longer to have daylight, businesses stay open. People spend more money because they have more daylight. It's something that's good for the state. 
He also uh, went on to say, I think economically it'll help us big time, especially for construction, because, you know, there's more daylight time than construction crews can actually go on more. They can do more and they can have longer days and work longer. They can make more money. They can get more done faster. It just goes on from there. So what would you do if we had year round daylight savings time? Because and I agree, I am all aboard all about it. And as as I've gotten older, it's affected me more. It was just, oh, I'm gonna be a little drowsy when we have that time change, whatever. Now it wrecks me for like a week. So I'm not sure, you know, why we've kept it up this long. But there are significant health reasons why we should not do this. Sleep patterns are completely messed up. You don't have a good sleep pattern. Your 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 health suffers on this. So, you know, we have those 12 to 14 hour days and you're tired all the time. Daylight savings uh, time does not do a lot of people well. And at the end of the day, it affects their health. So we've got psychological evidence. We have medicinal and, and, and physical evidence. We need to end this back and forth. It's only 60 minutes that we're rocking back and forth. But man, that 60 minutes, it's enough to throw you off completely. Man, yeah. So, so there's that. Um, I've got another medical thing, and but let me preface this with just a quick little resume rundown for your old buddy Mark. Now, I've been, I was in radio, commercial radio, for a number of years. My first job, when I was 15, going on 16 years old, was at a small 5,000 watt radio station in Sylacauga, Alabama. Um, it was an oldie station. I developed a nice appreciation for, uh, for, for songwriters like Paul Simon and, and James Taylor and, and, you know, a lot of the older stuff. I really grew to love a lot of, a lot of oldies in the, in, in that job. Um, since then I've been a DJ on, on classic rock stations, on news talk stations, on Christian radio stations, on country stations, um, top 40 stations all, all over the, the dial. And yeah, um, I've been all over the place and I was in radio. I bounced between radio and, and ministry for most of my adult life. So I've, I consider that I say all this to say, I consider myself someone that would know how the business works. I've, uh, you know, I've been fired. I've been successful. I've been flown all over the country to to help others learn about how to do radio better. Um, I've you know I, I've been all over the gambit here. So when I see stories like this come across my desk, I think somebody didn't teach this guy right. And it comes out of St. Louis, a, a market that I have actually managed a radio station in. So St. Louis DJ. Less than a week after this guy went and got the station's logo tattooed on his arm, Mason Schrader got it. He, he got let go. He was laid off. They kept the other half of the morning show he was a part of, but they let him go. And what that screams to me is either there was a personal back and forth with him and the rest of the staff where there was an issue or there was a budget cut. Maybe the station wasn't doing so well and they had to trim some fat. They thought, we don't need two people on the morning show and the other person is obviously better, so let's just do that. 
Or maybe it, was, it could be also it could have been political inside. I've been a victim of that, where there was a political thing going on on the inner workings of the radio station, and so they blew up a show. Um, I've been a part of that. So I get these things happen, but these things also happen constantly in radio. If you've ever, and I'm about to pull the curtain back a little bit, so I guess get ready. Um, if you've ever worked in radio, you know how much every day could be your last day. Because a lot of times the people you listen to every day on the radio are not privy to a lot of the financials, the upper level stuff, the upper level uh, strategy meetings and all that. They're just the people on the air. You're going to have suits up you know, up at corporate and all that. They're going to make all the big decisions that end up affecting you down the road. So if you've got a favorite DJ on that's on in the midday or on in the evening or whatever, if they're not part of that long-term strategy, then they're on borrowed time. So this guy in St. Louis, once again, his name Mason Schrader, he was hired as part of a duo in 2018 away from a Chicago station. He and his co-host Zachary Horsley. Uh, Horsley was, rem- was was kept on at the radio station. Just just Mason of the Mason and Remy Morning Show <laughs> was fired here. He got a tattoo of the station logo on his arm a week before he was fired. Here's what that tells me. He, it tells me this guy... It was either A, on his first radio show and has never been fired. He's, he's someone who's only excelled and never gotten to experience that, 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 that feeling of, oh, maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was. Because everybody in media, maybe at TV or radio, has had that moment where they find out, where they get humbled. They get brought down a few pegs where they realize, oh, I didn't invent this medium. I'm not better than everyone else. And he, this kid, obviously, just he may not have had that time, may not have had that period. Or he was somebody who made a whole lot of waves and eventually got to the point where he was just more trouble than he was worth, so they tossed him. Regardless, you don't ever do a permanent thing involving a radio station. You know? Stuff like that, occupational stuff like that, it comes and goes, especially in this day and age. I would never, no matter what field I was in, I would never get a tattoo involving the place I work. Maybe uh, maybe involving something like a field or my faith or finding some way to combine the two, but never just an outright logo of a radio station. One, because your job could be gone tomorrow. Two, because that station might not ex- might not exist. Seriously, I was my most recent radio experience. Um, I worked for a, a radio cluster that was where there were three stations in one cluster. Only one of those stations still exists right now. The other two have completely been blown up and re and redone. Radio stations come and go. So why would you ever make a permanent decision for a temporary medium? (laughs) Well, if it helps any, I also know that uh, tattoo removal is very painful and awfully expensive. So he needs to find a job soon so he can do that. I'm just saying. Or maybe he keeps the tattoo and it is a reminder to him of why I don't do stupid things. Oh, man. So... Speaking of someone who's not, well, this is a person that's not stupid. 
you may if you have any sort of of um experience on the internet where you see memes, you know that there's the one picture of the girl she's standing in front of a house that's on fire and she's looking back at the um at the at the at the camera. Someone's taking a picture of the fire. She's looking back and she's kind of smirking a little bit, almost with a look that says, I did this. You know? You know the one picture I'm talking about. It's called the Disaster Girl is the name of the picture. Well, her name is Zoe Roth, and she was four years old in 2005 when that picture was taken. And her dad, Dave, snapped a picture of her in front in which her slight grin kind of you know looked a little impish, if you will. Uh, they were kind of mischievous. Anyway, the photo made friends laugh, so she entered it in a local contest, and it spread from there. And you've seen this thing. It's everywhere. So she's 21 years old. She went and found the original copy of her meme, made it an NTF, a non-fungible token, which is apparently now a big thing. And now she has sold the original digital file for $495,000. It's the latest example of an NFT takeover with digital artists and meme makers where they'll sell like the original file for a meme that's gone, you know, nuts. They'll sell, they'll find the original file and they'll sell that original JPEG file and make just amazing and just obscene amounts of money off it. That being said, if anyone wants to buy the original audio file of this podcast, I will sell it to you. <laughs> I will, yes, contact me now. I will absolutely do that. Man alive. Ugh. It's one thing that you won't be able to buy because it's a live event, not a, not a, uh, not a, not a taped event, is we're doing a live podcast a special live edition of the podcast. If you're hearing this on Friday, it's coming up tomorrow. If you're hearing it after Friday, well, you missed it, but uh, I think you can still hear it over on Podbean. Um, this is pretty cool. We've never done this before, and depending on how it goes, we might do more of these because I'm used to doing live radio, and so this is not something that's, that's completely out of my out of my wheelhouse, but it's something that I just haven't done just because you know the podcast medium dictates you do it a certain way. But we're doing a live podcast. We're doing it. At 10 o'clock on Saturday, 10 o'clock Central Standard Time on Saturday, uh, that is uh, May the, the 8th, May the 8th. Um, it, we're doing it from the Celebrate the Family Expo out in Pelham, Alabama at the Pelham Civic Complex. It's, uh, it's a fun event. Lots of uh, stuff you want to come on out, say hi, be a part of the program. We'll have, uh, have different things going on. Uh, Kevin Derryberry is going to be singing for this thing. All kinds of art of, uh, of, of booths where you can find out, you know, activities for your kids. You can find out about, about different ways you can, you can help your family grow closer. There'll be bouncy houses and food and all kinds of stuff. Lots of different characters you can get pictures taken with and all kinds of cool stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to do a live edition of the podcast right there from the event, 10 o'clock Central Standard Time, from the Pelham Civic Complex and the Celebrate the Family Expo. Special thanks to the gang over at Birmingham Christian Family Magazine. They're the ones who have invited us out, and I cannot wait. It is going to be so much fun. We're also going to have fun in the next segment, though. So stick around for that. We're going to talk about why if you see somebody walking down the road with a bear costume, don't freak out. It might be for a good reason. Also, a teen on, on, over on TikTok has moved into a retirement program 
or retirement community and chaos has ensued. There have been shenanigans. I'll give you all the details on that coming up in just a few as well. Stick around. It is the Mark Harvard Podcast. Stick around. The Mark Harvard Podcast. Like to welcome a brand new sponsor to the podcast. It's Old World Lumiere Candle Company. And these guys are great. You, you know, you want your home to smell good. And sometimes that's a little harder than other times, especially when you're like me. You got a four year old and a dog and two cats. And, uh, you know, your house is under constant construction. Um, but <laughs> these things are fantastic. We've got them in our home, and you should have them in yours. There are all kinds of different scents. There's fruity, there's fresh and floral, there's herbal and earthy candles, there's food and drink ones. Let me just go down this food and drink, because, guys, these aren't your normal, you know, old lady candles you're going to find somewhere. You can get a candle that smells like bacon. Uh, apple cider donut, banana nut bread. I've got some of the bourbon-soaked raisin ones in my house, and they smell fantastic. It doesn't hurt that I love raisins, and I'm also pretty partial to bourbon. But still, amazing scents, and you're going to find something that you, that you like. I've got the link over on the Facebook page for Old World Lumiere Candle Company. Support them and let them know that you heard about them right here on the Mark Harvard Podcast. It's the Mark Harvard Podcast. There's a lot of people that are going to bang their hands on the desk and be real angry and stuff. What we're going to do is find the ways that God is working in all of this trouble and turmoil. Who knew that optimism could sound so sarcastic? We'll go over history, we'll go over the news of the day, and I'm probably going to make some jokes about 80s cartoons. The Mark Harvard Podcast. You never know what you're going to get, but if you don't listen, you don't get anything. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, MeWe, and online at MarkHarvardCreative.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, MeWe, and online at MarkHarvardCreative.com. The Mark Harvard Podcast. The Mark Harvard Podcast. And we are back. Welcome back to the Mark Harvard Podcast. Don't forget you can find us all over social media on Facebook, on on uh, Instagram, and uh, also you can find us over online at markharvardcreative.com. Uh, we're also streaming everywhere. And seriously, you don't want to miss our live show this week, this coming Saturday at uh, 10 o'clock Central Standard Time, only on Podbean. So go find us over on Podbean and subscribe to the show. And uh, that, my friend, is how you keep up with the show. <laughs> And you learn cool things about about why if you're you know traveling from L.A. or to San Francisco anytime soon, you see a guy in a bear suit, you don't freak out. His name is Jesse, and he's kind of giving Forrest Gump a run for his money. He's doing this for charity. He's a California man. He's uh, he's walking up the Golden uh, Golden State. He's walking up California, 400 miles from Los Angeles to San Francisco, and he's already raised over eleven thousand dollars for charity with this thing. He set out from downtown L.A. on April the 12th, kind of on a whim. Not a lot of planning going into this. He was going to reach, he wants to reach the Golden Gate Bridge. So the 33-year-old, he created an, an animated-like character he's named Bearson, and he's decided that Bearson, who looks very much like an anime bear, um, he said it was an impulsive decision for sure. I didn't plan it out. Because who would plan out walking that far in in, in, a, in a bear costume? So he planned on on on, the, yeah, on doing this. He's not in a rush, he says. However, and he has enjoyed meet, meeting you know meeting new people along the way. 
and I'm looking at pictures. <laughs> he got pulled over by the cops. <laughs> He's just walking through the hills of California, and a police officer, a police cruiser stops. <laughs> and he does stop into supermarkets to pick up, you know, a bite to eat or, you know, meet up with a friend for a, you know, a supply drop for food. And when he sleeps, he'll cuddle up in the suit wherever he winds up at the end of the day because he says it's warm and it's padded. So, yeah, he had a stop at an In-N-Out burger. He's uh, gotten befriended by a deputy from the Santa Clarita Sheriff's Department. Uh, he said strangers have also kind of you know stuck by the adventure and explained why he's glad to spread positivity during this time. It's cool, actually. You know, I'm looking at this more and more. That's a long way to walk, but and the bear suit probably doesn't make it any easier. But you know, he's raising money for a good cause. You know, they've raised eleven thousand dollars. That's money that would not have been raised. So uh, yeah, uh, it's yeah. I'll, I'll give you, a, I'll give you a slow clap on that. Yeah, good job, good job, man. Um, over on the TikTok, you know, the kids are all about the TikTok. Um, I actually have a TikTok account. Um. Like a lot of thirty and forty somethings, I uh, I got curious over COVID <laughs> and got a TikTok account. I haven't been all that uh, active on it or anything like that. I've posted a few things just you know because I was bored. But um, over on TikTok, a lot of the younger folks are really they're making a killing on it. So a teenager in Arkansas accidentally moved into a retirement community. And she's been documenting this thing on TikTok. Her name is Madison Kohout, and she relocated from Oklahoma to uh, to Arkansas. And she moved into an apartment complex. Didn't realize it was an apartment complex for senior citizens. <laughs> so yeah, the 19-year-old nursing assistant has moved in, sight unseen. She got a two-bedroom space for $350 a month, which is insane no matter where you're living and upon arrival she realized quick that her new bachelorette pad was one of 10 units in a small senior complex and she says it could be a sitcom so she's documenting this thing yeah <laughs> she said they're equal opportunity housing so they can't discriminate based on age uh, it was designed for senior citizens and she said I'm the only teenager in sight but there was no approval process nobody you know checked off on it because like once again equal opportunity so they can't discriminate so she started doing this and she's documenting the whole thing over on tiktok um yeah if you want to go find her it's her her handle is it's me period maddie m-a-d-i-i-i-i -I -I -I. it's me period maddie m-a-d-i-i-i-i um it's pretty funny i've watched a couple of the videos it's it's pretty funny. <laughs> but yeah, no one no one really thought to check up on it. So there we are. <laughs> oh man, oh man. It's good to see though that people are, you know, are are having fun with it though, you know? It's one of those things that, you know, it, so many things are taken seriously in this world. You know, we have so many things that you can't joke about, you can't laugh about because it, you know, it might, you know, be taken the wrong way or whatever. It's good to see that humor is out there and people don't take themselves too terribly seriously, you know? I'm glad to see that. So I found this story and it's out of Irondale, Alabama. And it's good to see people that that have their their priorities 
in route. And I'm getting this story from the Trustful Tribune. My friends over there, Erica Thomas, roasted the, uh, wrote, posted this, rather. And uh, she's talking about Officer Davis Adair was the first person to arrive on the scene at a shooting in the early morning hours of Wednesday, April 28th. He arrived just before 4 a.m., found Dewan Lavelle Gibson, who was 21, suffering from a gunshot wound in the chest. The victim was in the breezeway of, of an apartment complex. Adair knew he had a job to do, and part of the job was comforting Gibson. So, the sergeant there said the officer kneeled down beside the victim, held his hand until help arrived and said that he hopes the family of Gibson is comforted knowing he was not alone during this terrifying moment. So hopefully, they said it'll make the family feel better. Um, he reportedly, repeatedly told him to open his eyes because he was struggling to stay awake. Because he knew if you if you close your eyes, you're, you know, that's, you know, you don't, sometimes you don't open those eyes. Uh, got to UAB hospital, uh, underwent surgery, unfortunately did not make it. He died the next day. But uh, the, the, in, the investigation went on. But the story here is that we had this officer who saw it as part of his job in today's climate to comfort this guy that had been shot because it can't have looked good. So they say that it's it's incredibly important in today's climate. Law enforcement is just like every other profession. There's always a couple of bad apples. But lately, we've been so fortunate to get such great quality men and women that we're just so proud of. They say they're young, they're smart, they seem to know what they're doing. They want to be human about the whole thing, and I think that's important nowadays. That's from their sergeant there in the department. And, and I agree, you know. There's no job, there's no political party, there's no race that has an, a, a monopoly on jerks. Every occupation has good apples and bad apples. Every political party has good apples and bad apples. I don't think any one of them is particularly evil, but I also don't think any one of them is all the way good, you know? Because because man is involved. There's that variable, that human variable that 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 comes out right out and says that we're gonna, you know, we're gonna have good people, but we're also gonna have some really bad apples. They're gonna mess up and they're gonna make horrible mistakes, or they're just gonna be bad people. And we've gotta live with that. So I think it's good that we see this side because the bad side of law enforcement has been kind of on display lately. And I think it's one of those things where we've got to remember that there are good people out there still. Uh, and and it's one of those things, you know, our, our children, they, they learn from our attitudes toward this. So if, if we are always nervous when cops are around, then they learn, oh, oh, a police officer is not a good thing. So I've got to be upset. I've got to be nervous. No. You can't teach them that. So it's good that we get to see these these little glimpses of, of officers doing the right thing. Because what makes the news are officers doing the wrong thing. And they get all they, they cloud all of our judgment when it comes to that occupation. So I'm glad to hear things like that. I'm gonna close with a story about the best job ever. I feel like my wife would be all about this. It's uh, it's coming out of KTVX and uh, TV station KTVX, and um, I'm getting the story actually from CVS 42 in uh, in Birmingham. How strong a sleeper are you? Personally, I've been training all my life. <laughs> 
to, to, to be a to be a professional napper. But apparently that's a that's actually a title now. Eachnight.com is now offering fifteen hundred dollars to five people interested in participating in a study on the pros and cons of napping. The nap reviewers must be able to nap undisturbed and possess strong English writing skills in order to write reviews following all the instructions for a nap time. So over the course of this study, nap reviewers will be asked to test theories about the best nap duration for things like motivation, memory, productivity. They also have to participate in a video call before and after their nap to answer a lot of questions about their nap experience. So they're basically getting paid to take a nap and tell you how good it was. $1,500. Yeah. Next, next, I, you know, that, that, that sounds fantastic. For me, it'd be like a, here's $1,500. Taste this pizza. <laughs> and then tell me what was good about it and what the best toppings were. And we're going to pay you. Yeah. That, that's how that would work out in, you know, over in Markland where everything is unicorns and, and rainbows. Oh, boy, oh, boy. You want to be a part of Markland, all you've got to do is come out to the Pelham Civic Complex on Saturday. It's uh, I'll be out there as part of the Celebrate the Family Expo. It's put on by our friends over at Birmingham Christian Family Magazine. Lots of cool family stuff. You want to come out. And also at 10 o'clock on Saturday morning, it's going to be a lot of fun. First ever for the podcast, we're going to be doing the podcast live from the, from the event. It's going to be a lot of fun, and you can be a part of the show. Come on out and be a part of the show. Also, if you can't make it, download the Podbean app from your phone's app store, Podbean, and download the app, set up an account, follow the Mark Harvard podcast. When you do that, you'll get an alert when we go live on Saturday, and you can listen to the show live. You can interact with the show. We'll have a chat going up during the show. Um... It's a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of cool. And based on how well this does, we might do some more live events later on from different places. So go ahead and download the app and be a part of the, the live stream right there on Podbean. And uh, we'd love to have you be a part of the show. Stick around. More coming up uh, on the show on Saturday on the live show. In the meantime, that does it for me. And I'm out. The Mark Harvard Podcast.